0: You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Love Talk Live. Today we have an amazing show in store for everybody. I have Dr. Bonnie Goldstein and Jan Goldstein, who's also a rabbi. Rabbinical Jan Goldstein, with me here today. We're going to talk about all sorts of things about what they do and also their relationship. Ooh. Ooh.
1: Whoa. Wow. Yeah.
0: Get into the details. Let's
1: get into that.
0: So we're going to start off with Jan. Mm-hmm. You are an author, right? And a rabbi.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And you've written five books.
1: I do have five books, 2 nonfiction books. Uh, my first one was uh, Life Can Be This Good, and it really came out of all these incredible little experiences that I've had over my lifetime. And I found a new way to look at the world through them, uh, anywhere from being a little boy and being upset with the world around me and my grandmother introducing me to an older woman who, with her family, used to stand in front of her lodge in Vermont and sing songs to whoever came by. I later saw a movie about this woman, and I came back to her and I said, y- you don't look like the lady in the movie. She said, I'm the original Maria. And oh, this wow. was Maria von Trapp. Oh,
2: and so God. I was
1: raised as part of the Trapp family. I was uh, got to uh, learn to sing with uh, Maria and um, and later be inspired. So I had all these wonderful little experiences. I wrote about uh, after going through a divorce, and my first uh, wife, Um, I talked about sacred wounds and how we succeed because of life's pain. Hmm. And I talked to different people, um, Simon Wiesenthal, through a connection with Bonnie, we went to Austria, met with uh, Simon Wiesenthal, and we talked about what is the pain he's carried all his life, because he always wanted to be an architect, and instead he felt The ghosts of his family tapping him on the shoulder, saying, Simon, what about me? Will Mm. you get justice for me because of the Holocaust? So he talked about that. So that's Sacred Wounds. But then what I really wanted to do was write novels. And I've written three, All That Matters, um, The Prince of Nantucket and uh, The Bride Will Keep Her Name, which is now being turned into a movie.
0: That is the one that I find so fascinating. because, And the movie's going to be called Unbridled, right? Unbridled, right. And you were saying that you kind of explored, Do we really know the people that we marry? So,
1: yes. well, in in, in this book, right off the set off is we have a wonderful young woman in her late twenties um, who works in an art gallery in Soho, and she's about to marry the man of her dreams, Colin Darcy, who's from who's like Mister Darcy from England, um, and uh, she's just he he seems to be amazing. He's this journalist. And then a week before the wedding, she gets a note uh, on her email, do you really know the man you're about to marry? And at first, she just lets that go by the wayside, thinks somebody's trying to play a joke on her, but begins to find clues that maybe she doesn't really know who she is, and together with her two best friends goes uh, underground and basically has to, uh, a week of mystery of finding the truth about him, but finding the truth about herself, And and that ultimately, we do have to trust our gut. I think, mm-hmm. And uh, a little bit about when we fall in love with somebody, and we realize the first part of that falling in love is, uh, as uh, my dear teacher Walter used to say to us, is limerence is is just falling into this moment of, of light and lust and love, but as time goes by, it goes deeper than that, and you get to know somebody, and she has to finally decide: does she trust her gut?
0: So, are we going to? Talk about what happens in the movie book, or should we let our viewers? Well,
1: I think you're going to love it. You're going to enjoy it, uh, and it's being made by these wonderful, wonderful producers, Sandra Siegel and uh, her incredible partners. But um, I do think that ultimately, um, love is a is a very humanistic thing. It's about what goes on and the dynamics, as it is between Bonnie and myself. Um, you 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 get to know the other person but you really have to get to know yourself as well because you're ultimately trusting what you feel inside and um you're the you're the expert but um i think that's what i try to delve into and i was raised by a dynamic mother who was poet laureate of vermont and i had an incredible grandmother and then raising my children i raised my children as the primary parent so i had two older daughters and i got to listen to their voices and now together um Bonnie and I have a little girl who's just turning 18, so she's not so little anymore. And uh, all these women have had an impact on me, so I tend to write Mm -hmm. often in women's voices. Mm -hmm. And I get to play off my male counterpart as well and um, kind of listen to that inner discussion going on inside me.
0: I love it. And for the sake of time, let's go on to this other very intriguing The Prince of Nantucket. The part that I found very intriguing is that you were saying that the woman kind of gets past this schmooziness of a man and really sees his heart?
1: Yeah. This is really a book. um, Ultimately, it began when my mother uh, started to have dementia, and I found that I could reach her through her poetry, the poetry she had written. Even if it was 50 years old, she could quote me verbatim, but she didn't know I was in the room. And I wrote about a um, Senate candidate from California, nothing to do with me, but it, it, uh, he was charismatic and he has had a longstanding um, struggle with his mother because he believed something about her back in his youth that turns out not to be true, he finds out later. And ultimately it's about how he gets to know her as she's disappearing with dementia and teaches her to fall in love with art again and teaches her to paint again. She's a world-class painter, and he has to teach her how to do it, and through the teaching, finds the art in himself, but also is surrounded by his daughter, who is estranged from him as a teenager, and he has to get to know her. And this new woman that you mentioned, who he meets on the island of Nantucket, where the mother is, and he goes to care for her, and there, she challenges him. Everyone's always bought his kind of come on lines, Mm -hmm. you know, Uh, and she goes do they buy that out in California? I love that. Not here and she said tell me who you really are and she Um. makes him go deeper she makes him own who he is and ultimately through these three women he becomes a better man.
0: Wow that's beautiful Mm -hmm. so hope you're all intrigued I am.
1: (laughs) Please read go online check it out it's on Amazon everywhere and uh, I was thrilled when it became an LA bestseller and It's very exciting to work out relationships through your writing, through creativity.
0: Yeah, and you are incredibly creative and brilliant. So thank you you for sharing with us. And so Dr. Bonnie Goldstein, do you wanna tell us about lifespan learning and basically what you do and how you really truly help people and then we can kind of get into how you bring that stuff into your relationship.
2: Well, I loved how Jan was saying that we work out the relationship and he's able to write about it because we all know as um, humans we have our issues and as couples those get magnified but to be able to work it out not just through our dialoguing but also sometimes Jan will say right before he writes his novels he has to percolate and I think that's what the relationship does we take time to percolate to be able to figure out what's happening inside our body, what's happening inside our brain-body connection and the new mindfulness that Lifespan Learning has been expanding upon. Um, Lifespan Learning is an organization that does our best to bring different speakers from different theories together and mindfulness is the direction that we're going. We have a conference in the marina April 26th uh, to 28th, this um, really bringing together speakers and leaders on the world, on mindfulness, on being able to find our place in helping the environment, helping others, joining together mind and body. I'm co-coordinating that conference with Daniel Siegel. And what we want to do is create community. But if we bring it back to the relationship, our relationship with ourselves, our relationship with our own brain-body connection, our relationship with our spouse, as Jan and I often talk about, one of us always tries to be the barometer of calm and peace when the other goes into high arousal. And it's so interesting because it changes. Sometimes something will trigger one of us, not the other. And we become more aware using mindfulness using our body as the barometer of where we're at when we're going to hyperarousal how to ground ourselves how to drop back into relationship i have a trick that jan knows i'll do whenever i'm feeling upset either at the world or at jan one of the resources and this is through the lens of sensory motor psychotherapy the body-based work being able to get into a tub of hot water or a jacuzzi can shift my experience. Mm. Another one is to be able to notice what's happening in my breath and put my hand on my chest and just self-calm that way. And really being supported in the chair I'm in or standing up and taking a walk can help me communicate. There are times when we'll be arguing with one another and I'll say, let me take the dog on a walk. And then I'll call him while walking, being in nature, walking the dog talking it through where i'm not having to look at him face to face especially when i'm already triggered but rather looking ahead and still being very present through our words through our conversation allows me that millimoment break or maybe a longer break allows me to come back into relationship
0: i love it yeah it's definitely a shift in energy And And that's, yeah, you just, you kind of, if the energy is stagnant and stuck, you just need to start moving. So I love that you're saying that, that that helps.
2: Or even shifting our body, being able to ground my feet into the ground. Again, this is another sensory motor psychotherapy intervention where we ground our feet and our heads and our body and our spine, we all grow taller. And something about that reorganization gives us the power, not just to be strong or argumentative in the relationship, but the power to back up. And that power of backing up, sitting back and taking a breath and really being able to be present without having to go forth and say an argument, allows the argument to dissipate. And Jan mentioned Walter Brocklesman, who was one of our teachers. And we took a course together at UCLA. This advanced course with Walter was so powerful because being in an environment with other therapists and clergy and other people who are in the mental health profession allowed us to examine and use ourselves as the primary couple. So Mm -hmm. learning about others and how to help others helped us learn about ourselves. Mm -hmm.
0: Also, whether you're physically shifting the energy or not, it's always good when you're kind of having that like heightened arousal of being triggered and frustrated to take a step back before you, when you're like in that emotional state, to really calm down and then to talk about things when you're not heightened. Because a lot of times people say things they don't mean when they're upset.
1: I think the uh, mindfulness particularly has become more and more important to us. Um, And uh, my son, Dr. Elisha Goldstein, Has really helped bring me to it because he's, um, Elisha's very immersed in the field of mindfulness and has taught me to take a breath. Mm -hmm. Taught me to say, and what you're talking about in a relationship even is to let it breathe. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that idea of taking a step back, don't have to cross that line right now, don't have to say that thing that's on the tip of your tongue, don't have to take it that much further without taking a breath. Uh, Bonnie will often say, when I'm upset about something, I want to write to somebody because whatever they've done. She said, okay, write it out. That's all great. Now put it in a drawer and wait overnight.
0: Yeah. yeah. Let
1: it take a breath and see if you feel the same way tomorrow morning. I think in our relationships, there are times when, and that's not just with our spouse or our partner, that's with our friends as well. We may cross a line not realizing that we've only taken a breath. And I think the world teaches us that, that too too, too many people are, 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 are rushing forward mm-hmm. without taking a breath. And I feel that in our country, and I feel that in the world around us. So I'm hoping with shows like yours and the work you're doing, Jamie, um, that you really bring that into relationships that start with our one-on-one and actually expand into our community.
0: Absolutely. The happier that we are in our relationships and the happier that we are if with our relationship with ourself, the happier the world is. And right. so the more people that can live like that, yeah. the more happiness and peace there will be in the world.
1: Right. That's what we're thinking.
2: So when we're looking at our ways of organizing our experience and looking at how the brain body connection speaks to one another, that taking that night, I call it twenty-four I'll say take 24 hours before you send it. You can write it out, but 24 hours. And if Jan says, I just can't, then we have an agreement. It's 24 minutes, ideally 24 hours. Hmm. But if not, if we can at least take 24 minutes, it allows us to have that space to reflect. And so often we know people, so many of my clients in my private practice will say, I sent an email and it got so much worse. Or sent mm-hmm. a text, or the text arguments. That's so obvious. We don't ever fight on text. We've just made an agreement. It just doesn't work because the mis- the misinterpretation that happen. And with my teen clients, they will often find themselves getting so triggered because of an emoji that then they realize it was either a joke or it was meant. It was a, a butt emoji or a butt dial or whatever it may yeah. be. And they realize that. They got themselves all worked up for nothing. Well, we find that by taking that space and creating that, creating those resources under us, that foundation, it allows for communication.
1: One of the things I have to tell you, Jamie, when I first met Bonnie, um, I said, as most people will do, it comes around to like, what do you do? Mm And Bonnie didn't an- answer with a job or an occupation. She answered with, I chase sunsets. Beautiful. Um, and that's what I do. Oh, I also work and I'm right. a psychologist and I'm a this and I'm a that. But what I do is I chase sunsets. And it was an answer that was about what's passion. What's what, where do I feel my passion? Uh, and my, my mother used to say to me um, as a boy, Um, that sunsets were her most famous uh, part of the day because it's when heaven and earth kiss. And I write about that in the first book, Life Can Be This Good, that moment when heaven and earth kiss. And I think that in relationships, we're looking for that moment. Mm -hmm. That moment, one of us is heaven, one of us is earth, and we change places maybe, but it's that moment when we come together, when these two different entities come together and kiss and find in that... in that. um, that, sol- the, that connection between one another, something deeper, something that brings us together, just as that moment on the horizon when you see a crimson sky connected to the earth.
0: And it's perfect, and it's exactly the way that it needs to be, and, and it's different that.
1: every day. Right, right, <laughs> right. But well, you feel that
2: the novelty of not knowing what it'll be makes it all that more special and that i love that you're bringing it back to nature because indeed we're both so invested in this conference which is coming up in april because we're bringing together experts on nature and the power it has on the mind the body on relationships and so it really has been a hallmark of our relationship, chasing nature, chasing sunsets. His um Jan was born in Vermont, and home to him is the trees, and I was born in L.A., and home to me is the ocean. So we could say yeah. when the ocean and um, the trees all come together, mm-hmm. then make sure that we're part of that. Right. So often people in L.A. will say, I never get down to the beach, and I always wonder about that. Or... Jan will say, hey, quick, you've got to come out. It's a, you have to see this moon. It's right there. Right. I always wonder how people don't notice those mm. basic things, then where we fit in on this. Right. And certainly our, the ancestors really appreciated, and that's what they had is nature. So teaching to our clients, teaching to our kids, has been so important to us.
0: So just to wrap up, I would love to hear what your favorite things are about each other, and then the key to a successful forever relationship. What do you guys love about each other?
2: We could start with when we first met, before we ever saw one another, we already knew there was some magic, and that was 20 years ago, so 21 years is our anniversary this year. You can feel like an invisible cord of, yeah, like I'm safe, and I think above all else, feeling safe with your partner and creating a home environment. And also more importantly, I would say for us, a public environment where we know we're safe with one another. I know when I'm out with Jan, regardless of what he may have be feeling in terms of us interpersonally, that he's not going to shame me. I'm going to be safe in public. In fact, Jan will start telling stories about me. And I'm like, wow, I don't remember myself being that way. And by the time he gets done, it's the most incredible story. And I'm like, was I there? But it's about me. It's just lovely. And seeing yourself through your partner's eyes and having an implicit agreement, we're not going to shame one another. And that also goes um, through at home, that I'm safe. That's a foundation. I think
1: for me, um, in finding Bonnie, I had been for so long believing, and I think people do this, that I can fix somebody. Right. I, I really tried that in relationships prior. Um, I, I, I know they were missing, there was something missing and they would be very open about it. And I go, well, I can be that, to fix that. And then I realized, who did I think I was? Right. That, you know, we're not so all powerful. We can do all we can do, but people are who they are. Absolutely. And you come to accept certain things about them and so forth. Bonnie said, um I don't need to be with you. I want to be with you.
0: Beautiful.
1: And that was different. That was a whole different approach in relationship mm-hmm. for me. I don't need you. You don't need to come in and make me whole. Yes. You don't need to come in and fix me. But this Hallelujah. is this is who <laughs> I, right. I am. I feel like we're like you yeah. Know, I, this is who I am and I want to be with you. And that that sense of want, that sense of of knowing that connection and as Bonnie says that sense of safety that this is a home um yeah that that's the connection that stays and um you work you work at things of course you go through ups and downs in any relationship Absolutely. you go back to the to the passions though i think you go back to the sunsets and the water as she says and the nature you remember what was it where we felt whole and where we felt connected and I think sometimes particularly where we're going through bumps um, in any relationship you want to come back and go what's important here and remind yourself and sometimes even find yourself smiling there are things about another person that can drive you crazy I don't care how long you've been married and particularly how long you've been married but you learn to smile you learn to take it in and you realize wow that's part of who the person I fell in love with. And that's part of who they are. And you learn to then take that in and and smile at it. And I think it it turns what could be uh, a a a difficulty into a blessing.
0: I'm crying. That was beautiful. (laughs) This is real. This is forever. And I couldn't be more happy for you guys that you found each other.
2: Jamie, thank you. Thank you, Jamie. Keep up the good work. You're doing such good work with couples. I love hearing how many people are being changed because of the work you're doing.
0: Thank you so much. And you guys have impacted so many lives, and um, I know you will continue to do so. Thank thank you. you. And just to let our viewers know, once again, how they can find you, how they can work with you, how they can contact you, everything. Go ahead,
2: my website's drbonniegoldstein.com. You can find out more information about sensory motor psychotherapy. You can find out more information about Lifespan Learning Incorporated and all of the different programs we're running. Looking forward to staying in contact.
0: And I'm going to be posting about this April conference for anybody who wants to go to it.
2: And I'm
1: at jangoldstein.com, and you'll find out about all my books and all the works I'm, I'm, I'm doing with that. Uh, and also, come high holy day time. I'm at bayitshalanu.org, b-a-y-i-t-s-h-e-l-a-n-u.org, for services that touch the soul. We hope. Yeah, so that's absolutely. what that's about.
0: And once again, you can find me at www.therelationshipexpert.com or Jamie J-a-i-m-e at therelationshipexpert.com. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys Bye. for coming on the Thank show. You. Thank Bye. you. Bye. <laughs> we'll see you next time. You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.